go to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. We're going to take kind of a little detour, if you would, tonight. Tonight is more about teaching than it is preaching. So um, just kind of, kind of, kind of bear with me. I, I, I really hope and pray that tonight will be a help to you uh, because, um, uh, you know, we've been on Sunday nights, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount and, and talking about that. Um, <clears throat> and we're, we're going to kind of kind of deviate from that uh, tonight. Um, I want to tonight, I want to answer the question the, the the point of the message tonight is this. How do you interpret the parables of Christ? Um, the parables of Christ, uh, if, if you do not understand how to interpret it, you can walk away uh, with some really bad thinking. Does that make sense? So I want to I give you some principles tonight about how to interpret uh, the, uh, the, the, the uh, parables of, of Jesus Christ. So R.C. Sproul wrote this. Uh, he said, uh, Jesus explained that those who have ears to hear, the parables provide a deeper understanding to Jesus' teaching. Have you, do you, you know, those of you that know your Bible, have you, do you remember where Jesus is, you know, uh, uh, if you have ears to hear, let them hear. Okay, that, that, this is what he's talking about. So R.C. Sproul is saying that though the people who hear um, uh, 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 parables, it provides a deeper understanding to what Jesus is teaching. But to those who do not have ears, the parable is actually an instrument of concealment. The parable was not given simply to make everything clear to people. It was, give, it was also given uh, to obscure meaning to those who are outside, who are not given understanding. The sounds, excuse me, that sounds... Uh, somewhat harsh. Jesus came not only to instruct and to help people understand the kingdom of God, he, he came also as a judgment on those who don't want to hear truth. So let, let me put it to you this way. When you take a parable that Jesus gives us and you filter it through the world's understanding you're going to come up with a skewed meaning. Does that make sense? Hello, talk to me. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, Matthew chapter 13. Uh, let's let's read. Uh, let's start reading in verse one. Uh, the same day uh, went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and uh, great multitudes were gathered together unto him. So that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some of the seed fell on the wayside, 
and the, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and therewith they sprang up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among the thorns, and tares sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and brought forth good fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears, let him hear. So there, there's that phrase. So Jesus gives this parable, and then he says, those that have ears, let him hear. And the disciples, in verse 10, and the disciples came and said unto him, Why, why speakest thou uh, unto them in parables? In other words, we, we don't get it. Okay? <laughs> you know, help us here. Uh, and he answered and said, Because it is given unto you to know <clears throat> the mystery of the kingdom of heaven, but them it is not given. For whosoever hath uh, uh, to him uh, shall be given, and he shall not have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him uh, shall not be given uh, any, uh, excuse me, given away even uh, that he hath. Therefore spake I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand? And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, <clears throat> By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. Verse 15 is key. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their heart, their ears, and understand with their hearts, and should be converted, and shall uh, and and I shall heal them. So, what is Jesus saying here? This is this is really important because he he gives this parable. And his disciples come back, and you know, basically, he's he's saying, "Look, we we don't we don't understand. Uh, help help us out here." And then he and then he explains, "Look, the parables are for those who understand the kingdom of heaven. They're not for those who do not." And in verse 15, he addresses the heart. What was the problem with the people? Were they hearing? And seeing, yes. But what was the problem? Their heart was wax gross, or their, or their, their hearts were hardened. So it's, it, is a, it is an issue of the heart. But then in the, at, the end of, at the end of verse 15, he says, but look, if they hear and they believe, basically, they can be healed. See, it's an issue of the heart. So, so, R.C. Sproul was right when he said the parable is not given simply uh, to make everything clear to people. 
it, it is also given to obscure meaning to those who are outside who are, are not given to understanding. So my, my point is this as we get started. What, what is a parable? Anybody want to take a shot at it? John? Okay, all right. Anybody else? Randy? I think it's an example it gives of the time. People back then sowed. Right, okay. Absolutely, yeah. Taking, okay. Uh, anybody else? Okay, all right. Uh, okay, basically, all of you are right. Okay, basically, in a nutshell, what a parable is, is when Jesus, because he's God, <laughs> okay, has the ability to take really complex spiritual doctrine and apply it to the everyday common man so that the sower understands, hey, when I sow my seed, some, some of my seed lands on rocky ground. Some of, and, and everybody listening say, hey, okay, I can identify that. Okay, but the problem is is interpreting the parables. Okay, because if you if you take them at face value, oftentimes we don't understand what Jesus is talking about. So the word parable is a compound word. Uh, it is the the first word is the word para or p a r p a r a, and it literally means something that is alongside something else. So yeah, almost like something is parallel. Okay, uh, and then the second word is uh, balo, uh, means to throw or to hurl. So what the word parable literally means is throwing down something parallel in meaning. So when Jesus throws down or drops a parable, there is a parallel meaning, and it is our job as believers to figure out what that parallel meaning is. Okay, if you continue reading uh, in Matthew chapter 13, um, let's see. Uh, I think it's starting in verse 18. For, for time's sake, we're, we're not going to do it. But anyway, Jesus goes on to, ex to explain. Okay, hey, let me explain what this parable means. And he literally breaks it down for everybody so that Everybody understands what it means when the, 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 the seed grow, falls on the stony ground or the, the tares and, uh, come up and, and, or the ones that the seed that lands in good ground. He explains it all to them. So, <clears throat> so it's important we understand what a parable is so that we can uh, rightly understand them. Now, I did find something interesting, and I had never thought about this, but I found it interesting that you will not find any parables in the New Testament outside of the Gospels. It's only in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I didn't know that before. I, I, it, I had never thought about it. 
But there are some infrequent par uh, parables in the Old Testament. And I, as I thought about it, um, probably the most famous parable uh, in the Old Testament is in 2 Samuel chapter 12, when Nathan comes to David and, 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 and he tells him a parable of a, of, a, of a rich man who steals a poor man's sheep. And then, and then David, what, what was, what's David's reaction to the parable? Now, obviously, David doesn't know it's a parable. David thinks it's a true story. But, but <clears throat> David, David does what? Okay, he says, tell me who he is. He's a dead man. Boom. Simple. And then what does Nathan do? Nathan points his finger at David and said, it's you. Thou art the man. <clears throat> Probably the most famous of the Old Testament parables. <clears throat> but tonight I want to give you 10. I don't, I'm hoping we can get through all 10 tonight. I, I don't know if we we're going to make it. Um, but uh, I want to give you 10 uh, helps for interpreting Jesus's parable. Okay. Um, Jesus taught on, a, on, on many topics, uh, uh, discipleship, money, uh, the kingdom of God, the end times, the grace of God, and, and the list can go on and on and on. But because of the complexity of these subjects, Jesus often used parables to communicate these very complex subjects so that everybody could understand them. Everybody that had ears and that could hear. To somebody who is not saved, probably they don't get it. So, number one, point number one tonight, understanding the nature of a parable. Understanding the nature of the parable. Uh, <clears throat> parables are tools to compare something physical with something spiritual. Okay, so 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 try try and get this. Uh, Jesus uh, on several occasions makes this statement: the kingdom of God is like. And then he and then he says something. So what is he doing? He's taking something tangible, and he's applying it to the spiritual. Um, in Matthew chapter thirteen, uh, he he likens the kingdom of God to a grain of mustard seed. See, he's taking something physical that the people of the day absolutely understood what a mustard seed was. Everybody knew. And he likened the kingdom of heaven to that. See, Jesus chose to teach in story form because Stories engage the mind and the emotion of the listener. Okay, how do we know that? We, we know that by the very example I gave you a few minutes ago uh, when, when Nathan engaged David. The parable, what happened? The parable grabbed David's heart, did it not? And David, David was so upset about it he wanted to kill the guy. 
See, and that's what stories do. In parables, that's what they do. They, Jesus um, painted a, a wonderful picture of what a loving neighbor should look like in our world today. Can somebody tell me the parable that Jesus told that paints a, a picture of how we should treat other people? I'm sorry? The Good Samaritan. Okay? We, we, look, we read that story and we say, that is how I should live. That is how I should treat people. So Jesus takes these stories, these parables, and he, and, he, and, he, and he uses them to get hold of the hearts of the listeners so that we understand the nature of the, par- the parable. It, it's, it's really critical that <clears throat> we understand the nature of the, the, the parable. The second one is understand the purpose of the parable. Okay? And, and, and these, as they get, as I get deeper into these, they get a little harder. Um, but understand the purpose of the parable. Jesus taught with parables for two main purposes. One was to explain truth to someone else. Um, for those eager to hear, those that have ears, let them hear. Um, so, so Jesus's purpose was to, to help those who had a desire to learn. The second truth is to keep, keep truth from those who didn't want to hear truth. For those who did not want to listen. So his purpose was twofold was to communicate truth to those who wanted to hear and to the, and to keep truth from those that did not want to hear. In Mark chapter 4, verses 10 to 12, it says this, And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hear they, they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sin would be forgiven them. So what was Jesus trying? Jesus was not trying to unveil all the secrets of heaven so that everybody could understand it because if everybody could understand it there would be no need to be saved so jesus uses parables to confuse if you would those that didn't want to know truth number three and this is important See the parable in its proper context. You have to see it in its proper context. Often, a parable has a brief introduction and and will greatly affect the meaning and the interpretation of it. Okay? Luke chapter 1, 
or excuse me, Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. So what is the purpose of the parable? Without reading the rest of the parable, what is the purpose of the parable? To pray and to keep praying. Not to quit. Not to pray once or twice, but to keep praying. So it's, it's, it, it is the, the context here is very clear. It is persistent prayer. So picking up the context helps us understand the truths that Jesus is trying to communicate. Other times, parable context will inform us um, uh, that it is uh, directed to a, a, a certain people group. Okay, uh, Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 3. It says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmuring, saying, This man receives sinners and eateth with them. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, So without knowing what the parable is, who is he talking to? Talk to me. Who's he talking to? Okay, you have two options here, the publicans and sinners or the Pharisees and scribes. The Pharisees and the scribes. That's who he's talking to. So, so the parable here was to give a truth for those who wanted to hear truth and to confound the Pharisees and the scribes. <clears throat> because they did not want to know truth. Parables often tie related parables together. Okay, uh, This morning we talked about one, uh, the, the prodigal son. Uh, just off the top of your head, can somebody tell me the two parables that precede the prodigal son? Okay, the lost coin and the lost sheep. Okay, they all three, what, what, okay, they all three have a similar theme, if you would, and that is what? The, the, something was lost and it was found. Okay? In the first two parables, what happens? And I don't, I don't want to get too deep into them because I'm going to be preaching on them later. <laughs> but, but what happens in the first two parables? Okay, but, but there, there's something significant here. There you go. Okay, with the lost sheep and the coin, they were, ag they were actively searching for that one thing that was lost. But with the prodigal son, what did the father do? He, he, just, he just waited. So something was lost, but, you know, so, so sometimes the parables are linked together. And 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 some theologians believe, and I and I, I get the I get what they're saying is that those three parables, the the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son, are really one parable, just with three different ver three different stories. 
and I, and I kind of get that. I, I, don't know, I don't know that I really agree with it, but I, I get that. I understand what they're saying. Well, and see, that's that. Well, but there, the 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 point is that he was lost and then he was found because that's what the father says at the end. Yes. Right. Right. So that's why I'm saying I don't I don't know I necessarily agree that it's just one anyway, but it, it that's but oftentimes Jesus would do that to to get his point across. Now we've talked about this before in especially in in the in the New Testament. Well, I, I guess it happens in 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 the in the Old Testament too. When when in English. When you are trying to emphasize something, what do you do? Okay, you repeat it, but we have we we have something called voice inflection, do we not? And 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 we can we we can say something, and by the way we say it, we understand that there is priority to it, if that makes sense. Or urgency, okay? Let me give you an example. Uh, candy, you should go to the hospital, okay? <laughs> or, or candy, you need to go to the hospital. Same thing, right? But the second time, it's it's said with some urgency, okay? Um, uh, and we do it all the time. Uh, we we have the the ability to, you know, last night we had soup and movie night, and and <clears throat> you know you you eat you eat something new to you, and you go. Somebody says, "Oh, was that good?" Uh, yeah, it was really good. What did you tell them? <laughs> it's not good. Okay, so <laughs> so we have ways, but in in the Bible, when something is repetitive. It gives urgency to it. So the fact that Jesus takes three very similar parables and he just back to backs them, obviously he's trying to communicate an important point. Am I? You get my? You get my drift here? Okay. So, <clears throat> so understand the nature of the parable. Uh, number understand the purpose of the parable. Uh, see the parable in its proper context. And then number four, remember the culture gap. Okay, and this is this this is hard sometimes uh, because we live in a world today that is very 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 different from Jesus's day. Okay, uh, many of the images and metaphors uh, uh, have have rich meaning to the people that lived during that day. It's like the, the, the parable we read here in Matthew uh, about the sower sowing. Uh, you know, how many of you are farmers? Okay? Now, some of you may plant a garden here and there, but none of us are farmers. You know, when, when I, you know the couple of times I ever attempted to plant a garden, I very carefully planted a, you know, planted, I went to Lowe's and bought a tomato plant, you know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't go out and sow, sow seed, you know, 
So we would not necessarily understand everything um, that Jesus was trying to communicate because of the of the the cultural gap. Um, uh, an example would be the parable of the ten virgins uh, in Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Um, the parable uh, makes uh, more sense when you understand the the culture and the marriage and and all of the things all the, the and I don't have time tonight to go into it but it, it makes when you when we read it it doesn't you know you're like well okay you know but but if you were there in that culture at the time it would make so much more sense yeah, like the like like the film we watched um, a, a few months back. Now let me let me give you a resource. Those of you that are taking notes here, let me let me give you a resource here that I have found very very helpful. There's a book out there. It's an old book, so I don't even know if it's in print anymore. The copy I've got is really really old, um, uh, but it's called Manners and Customs of Bible Lands. Manners, of, Manners and Customs uh, of Bible Lands. Uh, Fred H. Wright, uh, White, uh, W-I-G-H-T, um, is the author of the book. Uh, incredible resource to help, help us bridge the cultural gap, if you would. Uh, there's another book. I went online and looked. There's another book. It has a very similar title. Uh, it's Manners and Customs of Bible Times. Or, or something like that. I think it was Bible Times. I know nothing about the book, so I can't, I can't recommend it. But from what I could tell online, it, it looked like it was a pretty reasonable resource. Um, so that, that may be something that you want to invest in. Um, the, the, typically, those kind of books are not usually very expensive. I have two or three other resources that I use. But 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 is really, really important. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. What? Rightly dividing the word of God. What, it, what, does, what does this verse, what is the implication of this verse? John? Okay, well let me let me let me rephrase that. What is the implication of the first word in this verse? Work. <laughs> okay, study. It takes work to study. And and Jesus wants us to dig into the word, and and as we study the word. That's where we find all the all the little what I call the little nuggets that help me grow in my life. So study to show thyself. It, it, this this implies the fact that it takes work. Why? What is the ultimate goal? So that we can rightly divide the word of truth. That we can do it right. So that we can understand truth. Number five, know that parables usually have one main point. Okay? 
the, the parable that we had, we talked about this morning, had one main point. Now, it had, it had two or three, what I would consider subpoints, but it had one main point. What was the main point? Forgiveness, right? The main point this morning was forgiveness. <clears throat> it had some, some, some subpoints, but the main point was, was, was forgiveness. So n- find the main point. Don't get caught up in the story. Understand the main point. <clears throat> Our understanding of parables uh, and its details um, all flow from the main point or the main thought. It is crucial that we identify what that main point is because if we cannot identify it, then we will miss the point of the whole parable. So let's go back to um, uh, the uh, lost sheep and the lost coin. Okay? What what do you think the main points are there? I mean, it's pretty obvious. (laughs) Something was lost and is found. Okay? That's kind of the main point. Okay? So, excuse me. Um... some some recommended questions that you can ask yourself uh, about how to how to recognize the main point of a parable. Um, who are the main characters? Okay. Uh, in our story this morning, there are there are three three main characters, right? You have the father, and then his two sons. Who was, out of those three, who was the most important of the three characters? The father. Because he interacted with both of them. And, and it was his actions that, I believe, drove the main point of, of the of the of the. Of the of the parable. The next question. So, you know, ask yourself, who's the main character? And then ask yourself this question. What occurs at the end? What occurs at the end of the parable? Remember, we I kind of hit on it this morning a little bit. <clears throat> uh, that what, is a, what does a good story do? It, it, it sucks you in, does it not? And and I, I you know my wife I probably drive my wife crazy because I love I love mysteries you know I, I just love mysteries and <clears throat> what does a mystery do the whole time I'm watching a mystery I'm I'm trying to solve it you know the whole time you know and they're and they're and they're they're and and those of you that love mysteries uh, Foils War if you've ever never seen Foils War. Great set of mysteries, <clears throat> very clean, good, good, good show. Anyway, um, but but what do they do? They feed you little tidbit. What are they? What are they doing? They're trying. They're trying to keep you engaged. And then at the very end, it takes a, and you're like, oh man, I didn't see that. You know, man, I oh man, I thought it was this guy, and it was, you know. Anyway, so, but what occurs at the end? 
it's the ending of the parable that usually will give you a lot of information. So, uh, uh, and then <clears throat> another thing, uh, what occurs in quotation marks? Again, an, a, a sign of, of, of what, what, what do we use quotation marks for? Uh, you know, to, to quote, but we use it for emphasis, do we not? You know, if we're, if we're writing a letter and we put something in quotes, what are we trying to tell the person we're writing the letter to? This is important, okay, usually. Uh, sometimes it's just a quote, but sometimes we do that to, uh, to emphasize something. So <clears throat> in, 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 the, in, the, in the parables, if it's in quotes, oftentimes it's there to draw your attention to that, okay? Uh, and then the last one is who or what is the focus of the story? You know, what is, what is the focus of the story? Again, this morning's parable is a perfect example of that because a lot of people think that the focus of the story is about the lost son. When in reality, it, that's not what it is. So let's do one more and then we'll finish it. We'll finish this up later. Uh, number six, and this again, this is this is this is important. Take notice of surprise details. Take notice of surprise details. <clears throat> Certain parables have shocking or uh, unexpected twists in their stories, uh, and it is Jesus's way to help us understand. Again, so turn turn to Matthew chapter eighteen. Matthew chapter 18. Now, in in Matthew chapter 18, in verse 21, it says, then Peter, or then came Peter to him, saying, "Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him?" And then he he asked the question seven times. Now we've talked about this before, and wh- why is the word the, the number seven so significant? Okay. Right. The law required how many times? Four times. The law, the, the Jewish law at the time, required a person to forgive four times. And Peter comes to Jesus and he says, Hey, how often should I? I'm, I'm a good Christian. I'm Peter. I'm a good Christian. Should I forgive somebody seven times? <laughs> and then what does Jesus say? And Jesus said unto him, I say unto thee, until seventy times seven... <clears throat> or, or excuse me, uh, uh, um, uh, say unto I, I say not unto thee uh, until seven times, but until seventy times seven. So what Jesus is saying here is you need to just keep forgiving and keep forgiving. Sorry, sorry, Pitsy, you just need There's to. A very specific number in there. <laughs> Four hundred ninety, I think, is the number. Um, but anyway, so the 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 implication here is you just need to keep forgiving. Look at the next verse. So Jesus, okay, what is what is the subject? 
What is the subject of the two verses we just read? Forgiveness. Peter comes to him with this, hey, I'm going I'm to be a good Christian. I'm going to forgive seven times. And then Jesus is like, nah, that, no, 70 times seven. So the subject is forgiveness. Then he starts into a parable. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded he should be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant, therefore, fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will repay thee all. And the Lord, if you notice, it is a small L, Lord, by the way. Uh, and the Lord of the servant uh, was moved with compassion and loosed him and uh, forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, which is literally pennies. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that you owest. And the fellow servant fell down at his feet and and besought him, saying, "Uh, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till the till he should pay the debt so then the servant uh, excuse me so then his servant his fellow servants saw what he had, was done they were very sorry and came and told unto their lord all that he had done and the lord after that he had called him said unto him o thou wicked servant i forgave thee all the debt because thou desirest me. Should not thou also have compassion on on thy servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him into the hands of the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall your heavenly Father do also to unto you if ye... Uh, from your hearts, forgive not every one of his brother uh, their trespasses. So, what is the surprising detail in this story? Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, there, there's actually a, a couple in here, one, and that's one of them. But uh, the, what is the main thing that you're, you're like, whoa? <laughs> Exactly. It got way worse. And you you look at that and you go, whoa. And then what does he say in the last verse? Exactly. And if I don't know about you, but that's when that's when me I I go, whoa. Never mind all the deal. Yeah. Exactly. Forget the seventy times seven thing, you're forgiven. 
we're done. We're good. You know why? Because, because it's a shock, right? And Jesus used these surprise details to, for what a term we would use today is shock factor, to get us to set up and go, wow. So we'll stop there tonight. And uh, we'll pick up later. <clears throat> so let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, uh, for your the work you do in our lives. And, and Lord, I, I hope that tonight is, is a help because um, we, we need to learn how to study and to, to understand these things and, uh, and to grow with them. So help us, dear God. Uh, we love you and we thank you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.